Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Brian and Trickin. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian Entrickin, a.k.a. KC Bubba. You can find me on the Twitter, at BD Entrick. I am here to recap your Wednesday on the Diamond, get you ready for Thursday. Hope you guys had a fun Wednesday, full day of action for us in the afternoon and evening, minus a few smokeouts, which we will talk about soon. So let's get into the news and notes from your Wednesday. Mason Miller of the Oakland Athletics, where it seemed like it was doom and gloom, and it still isn't great by any means, but when he had his UCL injury, it felt like Miller was a for sure done for the season. They got second opinions. They shut him down. They didn't rule him out. Well, he began a throwing program. He's throwing from flat ground. They're going to keep extending his long toss out and seeing where that goes. Eventually get him into um, maybe facing some live batters. It's a long, long way to go, but he's actually making progress from the UCL injury, which is something to monitor. I wouldn't get too excited just yet, but there's hope we see Mason Miller by the end of the season, which would be pretty cool to do. The Kansas City Royals faced, placed Josh Stomont on the IL, and they recalled left-handed pitcher Austin Cox. Cox came in uh, earlier this year, two innings out of the bullpen for the Royals. But down in AAA, Cox has a 3.83 ERA and eight starts. He has 36 strikeouts and 42 and thirds innings pitch. Not too bad for Cox. The only thing is an 11.4% walk rate, so we'll see where this goes. But Austin Cox could get a start in the Royals rotation or goes back to the bullpen. That is still to be determined. I mentioned those smoke doubts, uh, the bad fires up in Canada and whatnot are, are just blowing smoke in. From someone who lives in California, uh, this has been a, a, a terrible thing I've witnessed in person a couple years in a row. It's been a little while now, thank goodness, but this year looks like we could see it again, so we'll see. But it was nasty. Everyone saw the pictures on Twitter and everything. So Philadelphia and Detroit was postponed, uh, and then the White Sox and the Yankees were postponed as well. White Sox and Yankees are scheduled for a doubleheader on Thursday. The there was pictures I, I saw a couple hours after the postponements and things were already starting to clear out a bit. Still smoky, but nothing like the Mad Max end of days looks you were seeing earlier in the day. It's a nasty situation. Hope for the best for everybody, but we'll see where that goes. Hunter Renfro of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim was placed on the paternity list on Wednesday. Good for him and his lovely wife. Joe Adele was recalled. Yes, the Joe Adele, the Joe Adele that many of us have tried to roster in fantasy many, many times and failed miserably. But Joe Adele, as usual, when we try to roster him before, is crushing it in AAA. Adele's hitting 278 in AAA so far this season. 18 home runs, 41 RBIs, 43 or 43 RBIs, 41 runs scored, four stolen bases. Adele leads AAA in home runs, by the way. Um, he has a 316 ISO, which is insane, a 958 OPS, but still a 29.3% strikeout rate. So Adele still strikes out a ton. That's always been the issue with Joe Adele. And we'll see how this translates in this time. It might just be a couple days while Renfro's out on maternity leave. We'll see because Mickey Moniak, he's still playing well. Taylor Ward is heating up in a big, big way. Not sure where there is time for Joe Adele at this point in time. 
Edward Cabrera has been really finding his groove of late for the Miami Marlins, especially in starts where he limits his walks. He was pitching pretty well on Wednesday, and then the sixth inning, trainers came out, Skip Schumacher came out, and Edward Cabrera left the game with a blister on his throwing hand. Those are a pain in the rear end. They take time to heal. We'll see where this one plays out. But I saw somewhere Edward Cabrera was throwing his fastball about 55% of the time through five innings, way above his norm. So I don't know if that's what caused the blisters or what it was, but uh, something to monitor as he may miss his next start. Big meat Pete the polar bear. Pete Alonzo left Wednesday's game on the first inning after getting hit by a pitch on the hand-wrist area. It was pretty nasty. You can see Charlie Morton was not thrilled when he did it. It was not intentional after all the drama that took place, the unnecessary drama on Tuesday when Pete was just saying simple things that everyone says jokingly to, to Bryce Elder and company, and Bryce Elder laughed about it. But uh, the x-rays were negative on Alonzo's wrist-hand area. He's day-to-day. I'd be surprised if he even plays on Thursday, but you never know. The polar bear is a big boy, and he might be good to go. Mentioned Taylor Ward a second ago. He was not in Wednesday's lineup with the Angels. He's been playing pretty regularly now that he's hitting well. He, went, he had a home run on Tuesday. But he was not in Wednesday's lineup. Uh, he was under the weather, but he was able to pinch hit if necessary. Miguel Rojas of the Los Angeles Dodgers left Wednesday's game with neck stiffness. That is not good. Dodgers are were pouring it on in uh, Great American Small Park. They did not get the ending they wanted, though, as that was an electric factory of a baseball game as Will Benson had a two-run walk-off home run to give the Reds an 8-6 win over the Dodgers. So keep an eye on um, on Miguel Rojas and how the you know, maybe Chris Taylor goes to shortstop. We'll see how it all plays out, but it opens up some more playing time for a few players in that crowded, crowded Dodgers team. Yanni Torinos, so the Tampa Bay Rays, we mentioned on yesterday's show that Jeffrey Springs was headed to the I.L., Yanni Trino is going to get called up and make the start on Thursday. We'll see where that goes. He's had starts from time to time. We've seen good. We've seen bad. More bad than good. We'll see how this go-around goes for Yanni Chirinos. Uh, we keep updating you on Xander Bogart. He's dealing with the wrist issue. He was out of Wednesday's lineup. Some of the latest news was he's like um, he's doing soft toss in the cage. He's taking ground balls, but he still has to ramp up to like full-speed pitching and see how his wrist handles that. Like I said, the very first time his injury took place, and they mentioned it, why not just put him on the IL? He's already been out for like four, maybe five games now. We're halfway there. Like, why haven't we put him on the IL and bring someone else to give you some bench depth? I, I don't get it. I don't see him getting back. With He might get back on like day eight of an IL stint. I get you. Just put him on the IL. I don't get it at all. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., he remained out of the lineup for the Diamondbacks with that groin injury we mentioned on, on Tuesday. We'll see how that plays out for Lourdes Gurriel Jr., but hopefully it's a minor thing because, again, they're not putting him on the aisle either, and Lourdes is swinging a very, very hot bat. Carlos Rodon. We haven't had a setback from Rodon in a while, so this is good news. Rodon faced live hitters on Wednesday, which I, I read that and wrote it and thought, huh, they canceled the game because of those pitchers and the smoke we saw in, in New York, but he still threw to live hitters on Wednesday through 20 pitches. He'll do the same thing, um, something very similar to that in like, you know, four days or so, five days, and he'll keep ramping up that way. And the goal for now is that uh, Carlos Rodon will return around the all-star break, barring empty setbacks. So we'll see how that goes. Jake Fraley, this has been a frustrating time if you're rostering Jake Fraley. You look forward to games in Great American Small Park. He missed Monday's game with allergies against Julio Tejeron, and then he misses Wednesday's game. He gets scratched on Wednesday's game with a wrist contusion, and this one at least is somewhat justifiable because this occurred when he got hit by a pitch on Tuesday. Uh, he's day-to-day. Hopefully he's back in the line on Thursday. It is against Clayton Kershaw versus the lefty, so Fraley might just sit that one out and be back later in the week when they aren't in Great American Small Park. Brandon Lau talked about him and his back injury. The reports came out on Wednesday that Brandon Lau will miss multiple weeks with his back injury. They are shutting him down 
for two to three weeks to just let the back heal, which sadly enough, for someone that experiences back issues like myself, that's usually the best case scenario. Like just go lay down, go sit down, don't move, like just chill. Don't even try to press it. So it's that bad where like they're just saying, hey, don't do anything for two to three weeks. We'll reevaluate you and get you back there. So Brandon Lau is going to miss some time. I, I'd imagine if it's two to three weeks shutdown, we're talking more like four to six weeks, best case scenario, where we see Brandon Lau back. Jazz Chisholm met with a foot specialist on Wednesday, and he got a positive positive uh, re- result back on the turf toe that he suffered uh, a while back here that he's been on the IL for. The original prognosis was six weeks. He's basically on that timeline. He'll, he went to travel. He's going to travel with the team. He's with the team right now. They're in Miami, of course. He'll travel with them when they go on the road. He'll be eased back into baseball activities. And then Jazz Chisholm, um, if, if all keeps going well as they ease him back in, the goal is for him to return by the end of June. So maybe um, another week or so, get him about you know three or four rehab starts, and boom, Jazz Chisholm back in your rosters. Pete Fairbanks, this has been an interesting one with the hip injury. It was like dire straight at one point. That's like, oh, not that bad. It'll be okay. Well, he's going to face live hitters on Friday. And if all goes well for Pete, he um, could just return to the team or they might determine he needs a rehab start uh, outing or two. That'll all depend on how Friday's uh, outing goes against some live hitters in BP. So Pete Fairbanks might be back early next week, maybe back in about 10 to 14 days. Keep an eye on that Friday situation. Jake Crump will probably be covered on that over the weekend. This one is super frustrating for those that roster Willie Adamas. Uh, good for him. He returned to the lineup on Wednesday. Reports were he wasn't returning till Thursday. So say you have bi-weekly roster moves like NFBC, you sat him and plan on bringing him back this weekend. Well, it never fails when you sit a guy on news like this, that when he returns, Willie Adamas hit a home run. Hit a home run on Wednesday. That's glorious, Willie. Thank you. Please save a few more of those for when we can actually roster you again. But Adamas returned to the Brewers on Wednesday, and good old Bryce Terang was sent to AAA. This has kind of been something... Uh, myself and uh, Mike Curlin talked about on my bench with Bubba show over recent weeks when you look like o- Owen Miller's kind of getting pushed out a little bit, still hit cleanup on Wednesday, but Luis Urias is back. You got so many options there in Milwaukee that uh, Bryce was going to probably be the odd man out, and he was. All right, let's talk about some hitting highlights on your Wednesday. Ryan Noda just continues to get it done. I want to say a big shout out to Carlos Marcano, who many at Pitcher List know. Um, uh, Britton Allen and some other guys were all over Ryan Noda in early season, like draft and hold formats because Noda was a rule five pick for the A's and the A's have nothing to lose to let this guy play and see what they have. And they are getting rewarded for it. Noda went two for four with a home run, two runs scored two RBIs and two walks on Wednesday. The A's are hitting, they, they've gone on to Pittsburgh and hit really, really well. But with Noda, he's hitting 255 on the season. Very respectable. Seven home runs, got decent pop. But more importantly, a 415 OBP. That's why he was leading off on um, Wednesday. He has 42 walks on the season. He got 671 strikeouts. So let's not try to say he's the best plate discipline guy in the world. But he's walking a ton. He's showing some pop. He plays really good defense at first base. So Ryan Noda's a dude. Um, he's mainly deeper league right now, 15-league guy. But he's getting closer to being 12-team streamable. I'll say that much. So keep an eye on Ryan Noda, especially he's very streamable if the A's can continue to put up decent offense like this. They did this like a few weeks back where the A's were producing, and then they were like one of the worst teams in baseball again over the last like two to three weeks. Well, they've gone to Pittsburgh, and they're hitting pretty well. We'll see if this continues, and if it does, guys like Noda, like guys like Brent Rooker and some others become kind of serviceable from a streaming standpoint. My goodness, if you're listening to this show and you've listened this long, you know who Ellie De La Cruz was, is, and you know what he did on Wednesday night. You know, he debuted on Tuesday, hit cleanup, played third base, hit a, hit a laser for a double. We talked about it. We talked about it all on yesterday's show. 
Well, in his first at-bat on Wednesday, he nearly hit one out of Great American Small Park. It was ridiculous. Just a, a moonshot, a laser, however you want to define it. This kid's a freak. He has a talent we knew he was. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz went two for four on Wednesday with a triple, a home run, two runs scored, and two RBIs. He's amazing. The fab bids this weekend are going to be absolutely bonkers for whoever has fab dollars left. That'll be amazing. But um, De La Cruz is awesome. The real deal, Holyfield. And I can't wait to see uh, uh, Encarnacion Strand get called up as well. And they'll have all the kids playing in Cincinnati. It'll be fun to see. Another fun one here, Jesus Sanchez, a guy that I've written about and talked about over recent weeks. is like Two weeks ago, I said, hey, speculate, pick him up for a buck. He's coming off the IL pretty soon. Uh, and then this past week, he went for a little more, depending on your league formats. Well, Jesus Sanchez went three for four with the home run, a run scored in four RBIs on Wednesday. Sanchez is now hitting 306 on the season with six homers and three stolen bases. Uh, I mentioned before he went on the IL, he was starting to heat up. He's hitting very, very well in the middle of that Marlins lineup. Brian Day of the Cruz in front of him playing well. Um Luis Arise hitting over 400, so he's getting on base to score runs. Jesus Sanchez has three home runs since returning from the IL on, on May 30th. He's playing extremely well, very rosterable. Make sure you take care of that on your teams. Uh, for more information on all things hitters, make sure you check out the Daily Batters box on PitcherList.com. Some starting pitching highlights from Wednesday. Corbin Burns, I'm going to say he's back. I, I talked about it on yesterday's show, things I was looking forward to. I mentioned it on my DFS shows, like, I'm still like he's not as dominant. He's not dominating, but he's getting better. You can see these signs. It's starting to click a little bit more. Well, on Wednesday for Corbin Burns, eight innings, no runs, two hits, zero walks, and nine strikeouts. That was big boy Corbin Burns stuff. He had 14 whiffs, a 40% CSW on 96 pitches. That is Corbin Burns stuff, folks. That is beautiful to see. And over his last six starts, 38 innings pitched, 12 earned, 43 strikeouts in those 30 innings pitched, and five quality starts for Corbin Burns. The one non-quality start, he gave up five runs. Everything else, three earned runs or less, and in three of the five quality starts, I believe it was one earned run or less, or four of the five. He's, he's been ridiculous. So Corbin Burns is back. I wouldn't be surprised there's a hiccup from time to time, but he's definitely much more like, hey, he's a dude, and let's have a good second half. This reminds me a lot, minus the IL stint last year with Brandon Woodruff, where he kind of – did okay, had the IL stint, and then he just had like a second half from the gods. Corbin Burns minus the IL stint might be going to be like, okay, I figured out the pitch clock now. We're going to get back to normal. I'm going to be Corbin Burns. And if he can do that, it's going to be glorious for you fantasy players. John Gray, I feel like a broken record. Since May 8th, he has been ridiculous with his pitch mix change, but he keeps doing it, folks. On Wednesday against the St. Louis Cardinals, John Gray, nine innings, complete game. One earned run. He lost one to nothing, by the way. One earned run, four hits, zero walks, and 12 strikeouts. That is beautiful. 23 reps, a 41% CSW for John Gray. I believe that led the slate, which was great, on 100 pitches. 100 pitches in nine innings. He nearly had a Maddox, folks. Like, he is so locked in right now. It's beautiful. Over his last six starts, those are the six starts since May 8th, John Gray has thrown 43 innings. He's only allowed four earned runs. Four earned runs in those six starts with 44 strikeouts. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. And then Michael Walker, this has just been a revelation that I just keep looking at going, how is this sustainable? Who is this Michael Walker? What are we doing here? But he did it again, folks. There's, a, there's eventually a point where you got to be like, well, maybe this is who he is. Uh, Walker threw six shutout innings on Wednesday with two hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts, seven more Ks. That's the part. Like We've seen him be able to go five innings and stuff and you know put quality out there. It's the strikeouts, and he's been doing it. He had 12 lifts at 34% CSW on 82 pitches for Walker. And, you know, over his last seven starts where he's been dominant, 42 and two-thirds innings, 
only five earned runs over those seven starts. And this is the part that gets me. Michael Walker has 41 strikeouts over those 42 and two-thirds innings. It is pretty darn impressive to see for Michael Walker. It's in this era of pitcher blowups to get a guy like Michael Walker rejuvenating his career in San Diego. Well, honestly, I think a lot of people probably rejuvenate the career living in San Diego. That does not stink, but it's been great to see it. Make sure you tune into the Plus Pitch Podcast with Nick Pollock and read his daily SP Roundup to get caught up on all things starting pitching. A couple of relief pitching highlights from Wednesday. A great one here. Trevor May earned his first save of the season. We know he had the mental, um, you know, the, the the mental issues, the anxieties, all this stuff. He's well documented. He's very open talking about it. Since he's returned from that IL, seven and two thirds innings, only one run, only three Ks. You'd want more, but only one run. Picked up that save. Good to see for Trevor May. And then Emmanuel Classe picked up his twentieth save of the season. We're a little over two months into the year, twenty saves. He's on his way to fifty plus. This is a big boy season for Emmanuel Classe. Make sure you read the, read the Daily Reliever Ranks article on PitcherList.com for more information about relief pitching. All right, before we get a quick look at Thursday, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, and welcome back to the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitchList.com. Let's hear from our man, Mark Paquette, with a preview of Thursday's weather. Thanks, Brian. With a light Thursday schedule today, there should be no weather issues. The weather, the air quality, I should say, in uh, Philly and New York should improve and allow these games to get in. Thank you very much, and back to you. Thanks, as always, Mark. Much appreciated. Some DFS targets for your Thursday. It's a five-game early slate starting at 12.35 p.m. Pacific time and then a normal five-game evening slate. On the early slate, I'm targeting the Dodgers versus Graham Ashcraft in Great American Small Park. That is glorious. And give me the Giants against Chase Anderson and Coors. Both of those look beautiful. On the evening, uh, Cleveland versus uh, Dermody and the Boston Bullpen. That's one I'm going with. Pitching's a little different on the evening slate, so it's a little, little harder to target the easier ones. Pitching-wise, on the early slate, give me some Merrill Kelly versus the Washington Nats. The Nats bats have been pesky. Not going to deny that. Merrill Kelly's been great. We've talked about it on the show a few times now. So give me some Merrill Kelly versus the Nats. And then on the evening, you got Spencer Strider going up against the New York Mets, probably without Pete Alonso. Good luck, Mets. Things I'm looking forward to on your Thursday, obviously Spencer Strider on the mound, always great. But I want to see Clayton Kershaw on Great American Small Park. Both games so far against the Dodgers and the Reds have been just offensive bonanzas. And uh, we know the Dodgers are going to go off on Graham Ashcraft. At least they should unless hashtag baseball happens. Um, but Kershaw, great American. Let's see how that one goes against this hot Reds offense. Merrill Kelly continuing his dominance against the, the, the Washington Nationals. Curious to see how that one goes. And then Lance Lynn versus the Yankees. I mentioned it with Gilito a couple days ago. Gilito showed up. 
Len's been the kind of same wishy-washy dude, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what we get out of him. That'll do it, folks. Another episode of the First Pitch Podcast in the books. Make sure you go to pitchlist.com. Go check out PL Plus and PL Pro. You will not regret it. You get in the Discord. You get the, the PLV tool, the pitcher bot, and much, much more. So go check that out. And more importantly, I'll be back to you guys tomorrow to recap Thursday and preview Friday. But for now, you can find me on Twitter at BDNTREK, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. And this was your First Pitch Podcast, Thursday, June 8th edition. Hope you all have a great day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.